Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Eric Seropian has a long history in promoting small businesses online. Eric grew up and lives in the South Bay area of Los Angeles. Eric is an SEO and SEM expert and founder of ThisIsMySouthBay.com. Eric's expertise is unique in that he specializes in both international and hyperlocal SEO. He helps small business owners make sense of searchability and marketing on the web. Welcome to the show today, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be talking about this. This is one of my favorite topics. You know, people may not realize it, but between the marketing SEO and technology topics, those are ones I I get kind of geeked out with. But before we jumped into this, you had an interesting career or maybe hobby. I'm I'm not 100% sure. Before you came to, to land here, tell me about that. Well, it was a career. I, uh, I owned a uh, jewelry design and manufacturing and wholesale business uh, in uh, downtown LA in the jewelry district. And uh, we would manufacture and sell to jewelry stores across the country. And uh, the way that I got into this field of digital marketing is um, back during the Great Recession, uh, when things slowed down, people were not buying jewelry. I, I, I don't think that you would be surprised to hear that. No. So uh, even if someone wasn't losing their job or, you know, they weren't losing money in the stock market or real estate or whatever, their neighbors and friends and family were. So everyone was kind of holding on to their money. And so a lot of the jewelry stores that we're selling to were going out of business. Mm. And so uh, that's, that was a time when I uh, went back to school and uh, uh, learned about marketing and advertising. Uh, I really took to digital marketing. And a, a division of uh, digital marketing that I was really drawn to was this thing called search engine optimization. And so uh, I, that was something that helped turn around our business again. We, we went more uh, business to consumer. And, uh, and then I started to do friends and family just for fun. And then I started to do some consulting for charging a, a consulting fee. And then at some point I decided, okay, I, I think I can monetize this and let me uh, pivot over and open up my own agency and leave jewelry. So this was a, a survival tactic for your jewelry business. Absolutely. Oh, wow. And it turned into a business. That's incredible. I did not know that. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, a lot of business owners, when they're faced with that type of adversity, you would think that creative and and search engine optimization as SEM, it's really somewhat technical. So a lot of people don't think it connects with creative. It kind of does though, because there's all sorts of creative aspects involved in that. But I, I applaud you. I, that's that's incredible, and that's a great way to make your business survive. So with that said, let's can you define SEO and SEM for our audience? So sure. So uh, when we say SEO, SEO stands for search engine optimization. So basically, let's say you go to Google, Yahoo, Bing, the different search engines, and you type something that you're looking for in the search box. In the search engine results page, you have the first couple of listings 
at the top of the page and at the bottom of, of the page uh, will be sponsored. So those websites are paying to be there. The middle part, 10, 10 set, uh, search results to the page, those are organically placed there. So you can't buy those spots. Google is offering that to its users. It's telling, hey, user, I think you should meet this website. You would be a good fit for what you're looking for, whether it's geographically, intent-wise, uh, et cetera. Google is making that match. So the process of getting ranked for that is called search engine optimization. So you have to do some things in order to make sure that Google understands what you do, where you are, what are your specialties, how good you are, um, and things like that. And we're going to come back to, to that, by the way. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. And then uh, search engine marketing basically is everything under the umbrella of um, uh, getting ranked for uh, to, to be on search engines. Mostly it has to do with paid advertising strategies so you can appear on Google, but also it has to do with content creation and so on. Uh, but the main thing, it, the, the separating factor is that it uh, has to do with paid. Okay. So SEO is organic. SEM is paid. Yes. Okay. Because I, I know sometimes those are tossed around interchangeably and sometimes small business owners, you know, that's not their area of expertise. And so it seems very confusing when you have these two acronyms that are fairly similar um, <laughs> and sometimes misused. Exactly. Sometimes misused. So um, I know you teach this. Give me one, just one thing on the SEO side, the search engine optimization, which is organic, that people can do to make their websites show up in that organic area that's not paid. So, or, you know, or have a better chance of it. <laughs> exactly. You have to understand that Google is, you know, everyone's fighting for that real estate on their search results. So it, it's difficult to have one thing, but the place that we always start when we're onboarding a client or when I just give suggestions to people is that the website first and foremost has to be quote unquote optimizable. Meaning um, if you go to a website and it takes 10 seconds to load, that's not something that's, that's not a good user experience. You get annoyed and you leave. So you have to make sure that the user is having a good experience. If you have broken links on your site, sometimes you go on your, uh, you know, you you go down the funnel and you're like, okay, I want to contact them. You call, you click to to call or you click to contact, and that link is broken and you can't get in touch with them. Or you want to buy the product, but the shopping cart is broken, link is broken, and things like that. So make sure that the website is functioning properly, that it's mobile friendly. Google right now is ranking websites based on uh, how their mobile functions because the bulk of the searches uh, from Google is through mobile. Make yeah, I was going to say, and mobile friendly, it's important that people know that that doesn't mean you can zoom in and out and see things. Correct. 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 <laughs> it so, means that it sizes properly for the device it is on. Exactly. So you want to make sure that the devices in a way, because when you look at something on your computer, you know, your desktop versus your tablet versus your cell phone, you know, the sizes are different. The layouts are different. Um, you know, the, the power, the memory, the speed that your desktop has versus your cell phone, it's obviously different. 
So if it takes forever to load because your images are too big uh, on your cell phone, that's not going to be a good user experience. And Google is all about that. It wants to deliver the best possible user experience to its users. So make sure that the website is working, popping. Um, make sure the website pages are tagged correctly. If you have an e-commerce site, don't put the stock number as the title of the uh, page. <laughs> you know, uh, make sure that you put. The, you know, if you're selling a blue denim jacket, you know, mention that whether it's a men's or ladies, if it's large, medium, small, whatever it is, try to give as much of an explanation on the meta tag, on the title tag, on the alt tag. Google can't read images, so you have to tag the images so Google understands that this is a pencil or this is a car or this is a waterfall. Um, make sure that you lay all that stuff out for Google to be able to take that uh, information that you have and be able to index it in the search engine. So when you say tag for our DIY business owners, when where do they put this information? So if most small business, mid-sized businesses use a platform called WordPress and there's Wix and, and a couple of big ones out there. So when you're uh, building out a page, there'll be a template there that will ask you, okay, you know, put in the information here. What is the meta description? What is the title of the page? Uh, you know, what, what are the tags you want to use on the page and so on. As you go down the page, it's almost like a form that you're filling out. It's almost like an application. And is it, it's the same for images, correct? Yes. Okay. And so, so it's you important have to, to fill all those things out so you can be found. Yes. If you leave those uh, boxes empty, um, then Google's not going to understand what you're, what you're talking about, what that page is about. If you try to get in too many keywords, like, let's say I'm, I have a, a card that I want to sell, and it's a 67 Chevy and, uh, or a Mustang. And, and I put in keywords like Mustang, Chevy, Cadillac. I try to hit all kinds of different keywords on one page. Um, Google's going to look at that, not understand it, and so not rank it. Because it, does, it doesn't want to give a bad search results to the user. So if it doesn't understand exactly what's going on, then it's just not going to rank you. That is a great way to explain it because a lot of people talk about the algorithm and this counts and that counts and that upgrades and that downgrades. I'll be honest, I've even used that terminology. But what you just said is so much more easy to understand. Hey, Google's reading this. If it doesn't understand it, it's not going to put you in front of people. Yeah, the, the big thing for Google is, you know, there, there have been many search engines that have come and gone before Google. The big thing for Google is that they're locking in on the user, not the advertiser. The, the search engines previous, they were locked in on advertiser. They wanted to make sure advertisers were happy. Google's ideology is that if I keep the users happy, the advertisers will find me. And that's exactly what's happened. So um, what, we do, what they don't want to happen, and it used to happen before, I think before Google, where I would type in, you know, I'm looking for an ice cream shop and I locally and an ice cream shop would come up, you know, a thousand miles away, you know? And so that's, that's when you're not having good experiences and you're always open to new search engines and new. And so with Google, that doesn't happen as much anymore, you know, because they're, if it doesn't understand where you are, 
what you're doing, what your specialties are. You could be a mechanic in a particular town, but mechanics even, they have, you know, they specialize in German cars or in Japanese cars or in, you know, uh, tra uh, full transmission versus stick shift and, and so on. So there's different even types of mechanics, different types of everything. So you have to be very clear on what you specialize in and not pretend that you know everything about everything in your business and just kind of go with that. I, I have some, sometimes I deal with uh, clients that are lawyers and then there's the divorce lawyer, the one that specializes in probate, the one, you know, like there's all different kinds and Google wants to figure out what is your specialty and let me rank you for that specialty as opposed to the, just the keyword lawyer. You know, it's interesting. One of my favorite searches on Google, when I'm out and about, I'm shopping, doing running errands, whatever, restaurants near me. Literally, I don't give a lot of information, but it pulls up so much great information. So it, driving home, it's user focused. If business owners start thinking that way, how am I going to search for my business? That's when they start getting clarity, I would suspect. Yeah. Also, the thing, the, the example that you just gave, it's going to sound a little bit creepy what I'm going to say, but uh, Google has um, almost like a profile on us. So if we've searched in the past for a French restaurant or for a McDonald's or you know whatever, it will bring that up in the autofill is in the search box as you're typing it in because it has it, it, what is known as user intent. The, the example I always give is, um, you know, if, if let's say I have a Honda Accord and in the search box, I start typing in Honda Accord. Now I have, let's say I have a lease. So it's going to give me information based on lease. So it'll be Honda Accord uh, insurance for lease, uh, insurance expire, uh, lease ex expiration. My next door neighbor might have a Honda Accord also when they type in Honda Accord and maybe they own a Honda Accord. So maybe mechanics are going to come up or um, you know, different things are gonna come up. So everyone's profile is gonna be a little bit different and their search experience is gonna be different also. And is this what is commonly referred to as cookies? Or a little bit of cookies, but it's, it's uh, mostly as you're searching and you're on the internet, Google is just watching where you go, what you do. Uh, it knows more or less where you live your, your age group, your uh, financial situation, um, just kind of like your hobbies and your interests and things like that. So it's trying to help deliver the best possible user experience to you. So that's what the intention of it is. And so, um, you know, if, I, if I'm looking for, a, if, again, if I type in, let's say, a restaurant, and the last 10 times I've actually, uh, you know, after that, looked for a French restaurant within that, it might bring up French restaurants to begin with and uh, kind of help me along because if that's all I'm interested in, or if, I, if I'm interested in a particular geographic area, it'll bring up restaurants. It'll say, you know, like uh, restaurants near me and then it'll say, you know, Santa Monica or it'll say, you know, whatever uh, city I'm in, it'll, it'll kind of drive the, the search results. So how important is it for us as business owners to understand, and, and this is assuming we're doing it DIY and not, you know, engaging someone like yourself to do this, but how important is it for us as business owners to understand that user behavior? I think it's important to spend a lot of time 
on bringing into focus your target market. And so when you do that, then you can ask the, the questions and you can answer the questions. And uh, by that, I mean, when you're asking questions, literally these days, you know, voice search is huge. So, you know, someone asks, hey, Alexa, you know, what's the temperature of water boiling temperature or whatever? Like we're just asking questions to Alexa and Siri and, and so on. And so it could be that, you know, you get into an accident and you ask Alexa, hey, Alexa, how do I find a personal injury lawyer? Or, you know, it's based on a lot of the content is based on questions. So be sure to uh, understand what your target market uh, What's their intent? Like back in the day when I was doing jewelry, I tried to target the keyword jewelry, which was ridiculous because I would never rank for that keyword given the Tiffany's and the Cartier's of the world out there and Zales. But even if I did, you know, are they looking to buy jewelry? Are they looking to sell jewelry? Are they looking to get it appraised, repaired? Like what, what, are, what is their intention for, for searching that? And so as a business owner, you know, you, you can't do everything and which ones, which you know, uh, which uh, keywords do you want to target and kind of go after that. So kind of reverse engineer, you know, what would someone be asking for if they were typing in or if they were asking Alexa to find your business? Okay. So something more like um, custom design jewelry might be a little bit more or estate jewelry or antique jewelry. Is yes. a little bit more descriptive. Probably, yeah. probably you need to go another step or two further, but but those are better than just jewelry. <laughs> exactly. Or how do I custom design my jewelry? Ah, okay. You know, That's in a, in a question format, or if you're looking, if you have something that uh, broke, like how do I, hey Alexa, how do I replace the battery on my watch, or how do I resize my wedding ring? You know, you Love lost it. weight, you gain weight, or you know, you've got a knuckle and it's not going over, you know, in a question format a lot of times. This is incredible. This is such practical advice that people can easily understand and implement. I I, I suspect you get a lot of people in your courses. We do. It's just th these last 18 months, you know, uh, with COVID, it's, it's been, uh, you know, we can't have people in the classrooms, but pre-COVID and, you know, fingers crossed after COVID, uh, it's a, it's it's a nice experience for me. I love teaching, and uh, you know it's it's a in many ways it's it's like a game changer for small businesses to be able to get that free traffic coming in from Google consistently. Absolutely, you you didn't bring your classes online. You no in person only. No, it's all in person only. Well, darn, because I'm on the East Coast. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> I would like to take your course <laughs> because you make it very simple to understand. Um, so. You had mentioned, you know, content management systems earlier, not in that context, but you talked about WordPress and Wix. Are there website programs, content management systems that are easier to optimize than others? Because I think sometimes as a small business owner, especially when you're starting up, your budget's really low, you go for whatever's cheap. Yeah. Um, I believe Wix is free. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a that's a good way to start off. WordPress was actually created in order to uh, uh, make Google happy, meaning it knew how to set things up so that when you uh, launched the website and then afterwards, every time you added a page, a blog post or whatever, 
Google could go in and index that website very easily. So it's literally made to cater to Google and make sure that Google understands what the website is about. I think those two are, you know, WordPress is relatively inexpensive also. You know, I'm not a sponsor or anything, you know, I'm not advocating them, but I use those two platforms pretty much most of the time. And I've seen a lot of improvements over Wix. I would say 10 years ago, it was not SEO friendly. Correct. Yeah. Last question. Talk about keywords. If we have that jewelry store that you explained and our competitor right next to us is Tiffany's, how do we find out what their keywords are and how, how they're ranking? And, and then the next step is, would those work for us? Sure. So what we, uh, what we do when we're onboarding a client is we, we want to do two things. We want to do a keyword analysis. So we want to take a look at the keywords that the website is already ranked for and then ask our clients uh, to give us keywords that they would love to rank for that they're not ranking for. Secondly, we do a keyword analysis on their competitors. So we ask for anywhere from five to 15 or so of their direct competitors. And we put together a list of all the keywords that their competitors are ranked for and that our client does not rank for. And so we choose from those, we have our clients choose from uh, competitor keywords also. So that way we have a master list of keywords that we're looking to target. Now, the best way, once we have the list, the best way to choose out of those uh, keywords, because sometimes it can be hundreds of keywords and we can't really optimize properly, especially for a small business, you know, hundreds of keywords at a time. So what we do is we choose keywords that first and foremost, are highly, highly relevant. So because if we're going to go through all this trouble and we're going to get ranked for a keyword and the client's going to say, well, I wasn't crazy about that keyword anyway, or there's no money in that. If someone comes in looking for that service, then what's the point of doing that? So it has to be highly relevant and it has to be something that the client is happy that we ranked for. Secondly, we want to find within that, we want to filter and find keywords that have a lower competition level and a higher search volume. So if we can line those three up, the priority being the highly relevant uh, that they would love to rank for, and then uh, the other two metrics as far as lower competition, higher search volume. Then, we've, then we have a, a list of keywords to target. Now there are apps that you can use. A free one is Google Keyword Planner. I use uh, uh, SpyFu, uh, Ahrefs, SEMrush. There's a bunch of them out there, Moz. But they're going to be anywhere on the low end. I think $50 on the high end, it's you know hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So it really depends on how deep of a dive you want to do. Yeah, I've heard of Moz before. I didn't realize Google, and it makes sense that they would, but I didn't realize Google had the same thing. Yeah, it's not the same thing though. It's well, the, the other apps are they have way more data and it really paints a, 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 a like a tighter picture of what's going on. And it's very important because a lot of companies they jump the step, they overlook it, but they don't even think about it. And they they just uh, they think they know their business, they know the keywords, like I did back in the day where I just did jewelry, gold, diamonds, you know, engagement ring and something else. And no, you know, like what I should, what I did eventually was I had a keyword. I think an example I always give is I had a keyword. I think 
men's diamond platinum comfort fit wedding band. Now it might get a hundred searches a month, but I have that item. I have, I have a collection. I had a collection of those uh, types of items. And if, if it gets a hundred searches a month, I'm going to get ranked. I'm going to get a, like a good bulk of those searches coming and the conversion rate is going to be high and, uh, and, and so on versus jewelry. Uh, uh, what I did was then I went and found other keywords that had uh, that was highly relevant, that had a lower uh, competition level and a higher search volume. So imagine doing that exercise for your business and doing you know five to fifteen keywords like that a month, where it's really relevant. Let's say five to start off with, so you can optimize it and create content and do all the things you need to do to get that traffic. Yeah, it sounds very doable from a small business owner perspective. I appreciate it. I feel like I should send you an invoice with all the free, <laughs> that you should be sending me an invoice with all the free <laughs> information you. you gave. So Eric, tell us how our listeners can find you after the show. Sure. My agency is called This Is My South Bay. I live in the South Bay part of Los Angeles. I've grown up there. I live there. Um, I almost use it as a case study for small local businesses and how you can target um, like a community. Uh, so they can, you can go to thisismysouthbay.com. If you put in on the homepage there, if you put in your email address and your uh, website, we'll send you a free SEO report on your website. So you can see what keywords you're ranked for, uh, what, the, what the, the ranking is, competition and, and so on. Also, if you have any questions on doing any kind of SEO strategies or anything like that, you can click on book now and book a 15-minute free consultation all on the homepage there at thisismysouthbay.com. Perfect. And I'll make sure that that's in our show notes so that people can reach out to you. Eric, thank you you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.